you are now tuning into But What If I Soar podcast. With your host, Dominique, licensed professional counselor and certified clinical trauma professional and owner of free to be counseling service and Deveron, licensed social worker and certified life coach and owner of Social MacGyver. The thought-provoking podcast that explores the complexity of mental health through a lens that does not require a prescription. We will explore a wide range of topics with engaging discussions and personal anecdotes that provides a realistic outlook while actively engaging in our own self-discoveries. Let's get ready to soar together. That's 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 real, man. And and I think th- those are not conversations or lessons that we learn the importance of when we are kids. And we'll get into our relationship with our parents, but many of the reasons why we don't get that kind of messaging is because I think our parents were showing up with what they had and much of their upbringing and much of their lessons were, you know, had nothing to do with any focus on who they were. It was all Mm -hmm. about being a parent, being, you know, working, producing, paying your bills. You know, there was no conversation or no kind of like understanding that your relationship with yourself is how you help your kids form their relationship to their self, right? Yeah. And, and I do give so much grace to parents and grandparents, right? Because I, I feel like, you know, two things can be true, right? I think mm-hmm. that so much of, you know, what we go through as, you know, adolescents and young adults and, you know, has a lot to do with what our parents and imparted on us mm-hmm. and some of that was bad you know what I mean? yeah <laughs> you know and so however on the flip side of that you know I, I think it may be a bit unreasonable to think that like your parent is going to like arm you with all the things you need so when you're 18 you just you just got it like yeah. it's just it's That's not fair it's, it's unfair. unfair and it's unrealistic and like a huge part of how we learn lessons and how we form our values and our ethic for life and like the way we want to be as people comes from our own experiences. Mm-hmm. And, and and like, there's no way that my mom and my, and my mom and the people who helped to raise me could have given me that by the time I turned 18, it just wasn't something that it's not, it's not a realistic expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that for me, you know, I have I have that grace for for them because I know that so much of what I needed they didn't get. So they you can't you you people show up in relationships with people show up in relationships and give you what they have, right? And mm-hmm. many of our parents just didn't have it. And yeah. I think when you know better, you do better. So like now that I'm a parent, there are so many things that I wish I could have gotten as a kid that I want to make sure I, I try to give my son. On the flip side, there are a lot of things that I did get that I think were meaningful. And so I, mm-hmm. I want to also pass those things on as a parent too. I just think that like, you know, when, when you're being self-reflective and when you are kind of creating that, that relationship with yourself, it's important to like recognize that your parents are people. And, and this is not to like, this isn't in a, this isn't a, any kind of way of of trying to minimize what you didn't mm-hmm. get as a kid, right? Because the things that we don't get, I mean, it does inform you and it does 
it does make it can make things challenging. So I don't want to ever mm-hmm. like try to minimize what people have experienced because I think I think that it is it, it 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 does play a role in our life as you know adults and you know when we're trying to navigate through the world. But I just think that like when you realize that your 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 parent was a person before you, like. You know, or like when I think about the things that my mom did when she was 36 and I'm 36, it's like, it's some real, like, there are moments when I'm like, damn, like, (laughs) how did she, like, I'm 36, you know what I mean? And I don't have nearly the struggles that she had at 36, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, there are moments in my life where I can be like, or my dad, like, you know, my dad is a 100% disabled, fought in the Persian Gulf, fought in Desert Storm. There are so many experiences that he has had at 36 and i'm looking at myself like i didn't suffer from ptsd at 36 i mean i'm assuming because like you know when you are fighting in a war like Mm -hmm. you know like those things have there's a possibility that those things can happen right i'm Mm -hmm. i'm not 100 i'm not disabled you know what i mean like there are just things that i can look at and say like he may not have been the greatest but like he also was showing up in ways that i will never understand yeah like of course that's going to impact how that person is going to show up as a parent. I mean, yeah. it's not an excuse. You know what I mean? There are still things I think I deserved as a as a as a kid. Mm-hmm. But I also think that like you can't get people always like this old saying is like you can't get blood from a turnip. You can't yeah. get from somebody who don't have it to give. Exactly. And so I think a huge part of that too, when it comes to like yourself, your relationship with yourself, is like how do you learn to accept those parts of your relationship with those parents that maybe you didn't get. Yeah. Right. Like how do you, as a, as a person who's trying to figure out all of these like experiences that you had that, you know, were not great, you know, that you wish you could have gotten more that you deserved more. Like, how do you accept, how do you accept that? How do you accept that person who didn't give you the things that you needed, but like, couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. And that's complicated. Like, because, you know, one of the things I definitely talk to the kids about, even my husband about is that, you know, my mom passed um, in 2021, very suddenly, very unexpectedly. And before she had passed, thankfully, we had decided we were going to do family therapy, me and her. And, you know, me and my mom had done therapy several times, attempted. And it never went as planned. Like it never went as planned. Um, and a lot of it was because there were times where I wanted to acknowledge different things that had happened. And my mom, her lens and her filter that she had for herself, she was receiving it through that. And it blocked her from actually having real dialogue about these things. And the other thing was that my mom, because of her experiences before me and with me, she has so much guilt that when, and that was a part of her filter, was that when you would tell her about something that you experienced, she would think that you wanted her to fix it, right? Mm. And I kept trying to explain to her, like, you can't go back and fix it, right? Like, you could only try to acknowledge it Mm -hmm. and then we figure out how we move forward that's the only thing we have control of we don't have control of the past we only have control of our present and for a long time she would become so combative because she felt like she was powerless and 
truly acknowledging the things that had happened. And I wasn't asking her to to do anything. I was asking her to just listen, right? Um, And just to hear what I experienced. That's all I wanted. All I wanted was her to listen. And it took a lot of work, but finally she was in a place of listening. And we had actually did a lot of, you know, counseling sessions and we unpacked so much and I was able to come to peace with seeing my mom fully, the good, the bad, the ugly. And I think she also was able to understand me fully and the complex person that I am and how, you know, for example, I am someone who is, you know, I talked about this in our last podcast. I'm assertive um, and I am, I love hard. I love very, very hard. Um, Mm -hmm. If you are around me, I want the best for you. I am going to definitely tell you when, you know, you're not hitting the mark for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like not saying I set goals for you, but if you tell me a goal, I'm definitely going to remind you like, look, you told me <laughs> you had this goal. Right. And your actions are not aligning of that. Right. But the other thing about me is, is that although I will remind you of things, I will get in the arena with you. I am mm-hmm. not scared of getting dirty. At times, I will be the one fighting when you're tired. You go rest. I will keep fighting for you. Like, And again, that's just how I show up. Now, is that always great? No. For me, it's not always great because sometimes I'm doing a lot more of the work than someone is for themselves. But right. that's just, you know, something that I continue to work on and finding balance and, you know, and boundaries, healthy boundaries. But for my mom she would be triggered by my assertiveness and my, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to want the best for her because it would come as reminders of what she, you know, she would say that she wanted something and then I would remind her and and try to help her advocate for herself and work towards that goal. And what I learned in therapy was that sometimes my mom would say something that she really wanted, but she wasn't in the place of action yet. And that is a struggle for me. Because mm-hmm. I am someone who is very goal driven. And so if I say I want something, I'm actually coming up with the plan and, and ready to take the action. And my mom was not like that. And I would constantly be upset and frustrated because I'm like, you constantly are telling me this and like you want this and you want so much better. But then when I'm actually lining up and helping you connect the dots, you are not wanting to put in the work. And like, it was frustrating, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's like, why are you constantly coming to me with, you know, these issues and I'm trying to help you and you don't want to do anything about it. And, you know, she finally revealed, she was like, sometimes I'm just coming because I just want a sounding board. Like, I just want to say like, you know what? This is frustrating. And I'm like, but your delivery is not what it's, like saying what you're saying to me is completely different to than what you're saying in that moment. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized that my mom lacked a lot of like self-confidence and a lot of self-esteem and just, again, like her lens was such of shame and, and guilt that a lot of times it really just filtered out how she viewed things. And my mom didn't have high self-worth and she was constantly trying to make herself feel like she, again, 
reflective of my own self um, and showing up in different ways. But she was constantly trying to prove her worthiness to people because she felt like she was worthless and Mm. that it was kind of like pity for her to be around, for her to be offered. So, you know, if my mom was invited to a party, she was often the one who was cleaning up because she felt like she really didn't deserve to be there. Um, You know, and for me, it looked differently because it wasn't that I had self-pity. It was that, you know, if you invite me to a party or a gathering, I'm going to be the one who is overextending myself. You know, I'm going to bring this, I'm going to bring that. And it's not that I have self-pity or feel like, you know, you need to um, view me in some manner. It's just the way that I choose to show up to make you know that I care about you. I value that you gave me that invite, right? Mm -hmm. For my mom was a lot different. It was that she didn't really even deserve to be there. You didn't really want her there unless she could bring something. And Mm -hmm. so it helped me see the lens that she was seeing things in. And that helped me adjust to how I was seeing her and how I was interacting with her. And I will say that was probably the most powerful thing that could have happened for us is that we got to see each other fully Mm-hmm. And we got to see parts of ourselves that we may not have liked. Um, and we were able to acknowledge that and know like we're both human, we're both not perfect. Mm-hmm. And and how do we then move forward now fully seeing each other in this light? And like I said, I was in, you know, my early 30s, you know, my mom, she still had work to to do on her own uh, before she, you know, passed away. But it was such a burden to be lifted off of myself because yeah. I was able to heal parts of myself that I was walking around unhealed because of my relationship with her, because of my interaction with her, that I was able to say like, you know what? She did do the best she could. Now, could it have been better? Hell yeah. Like, yeah. It could have been better. <laughs> yeah. But then I also had to be reflective and say like, even though... My story with my mom and because of things that happened, you know, I experienced certain things that I wish I didn't, but all of those things made me into the person I am today. And I was able to find gratitude in that. And like, Mm -hmm. I know that sounds crazy because girl, did I experience some stuff? Yeah. But I am such a strong, like person the person that I am because of all those experiences it is very hard to knock me knock knock me down and let me stay there and it's just because of all the experience that I've had that I know like I'm a hell of a fighter like I'm a fighter for myself I'm a fighter for my loved ones like and and I'm not saying like everyone needs to be that way I'm not saying that you know you need to go through hardships at all because believe me if I had like a magical wand that make my life a little bit easier, I would. Yeah, yeah. But I'm at the place now where I am so grateful that these experiences happened to me and they shaped me into the person I am today because I can experience so much now that it doesn't like knock me off my path. You know, mm-hmm. I can have my little, you know, complaining session, frustration, maybe shed some tears. But then I'm like, girl this ain't nothing but a little storm. Like you have been through tsunamis, hurricanes, like all at the same damn time. Like some mega storms all at once. 
And mm-hmm. girl, you was when it left, you was standing. Like yeah. I might have been like shaking a little bit, might have right. been down on one knee. Right. But, girl, I got up and I kept it moving. So now it's like a storm comes. I'm like, okay, like how long you gonna be here? Like, because right. I'm still gonna be here when you leave. And mm-hmm. I that's something that I again, that relationship I have with myself allowed me to know, look, this is a reminder. Remind yourself of what you've been through. Remind yourself of who you are. Did I want to go through those things? Hell no. Right. Have I learned to find some type of gratitude from them? Some type of understanding, some type of knowledge from those interactions? I have. And they serve me. Like they serve me. They are who... They made me into the person I am today and I'm a hell of a fighter and there's mm-hmm. nothing that I can't face like because I know what I've been through. So this yeah. too shall pass. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, it's so it's so interesting, too, like because. The way your mom saw her her existence, it's so different from the way I saw it because I always felt like. When she show up, girl, she gonna make you laugh. You like, you gonna get you apart. I mean, you like, <laughs> it was always so like, it was always so fun. Like when mm-hmm. she was around, like, and just to know that, like, that's not the way that necessarily she saw her presence. Mm-hmm. It's just a testament to like how sometimes we wish that people saw themselves through the lens that we see them. Yeah, because yes. I would not have ever saw her that way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's it, it doesn't really matter what I think. It really matters what she thinks, you know, what she thought, you know. But it's just interesting, um, you know, how people don't always see themselves the way we see them, you know. Yeah. And sometimes we do wish that they saw themselves the way we did because then, you know, maybe, maybe their lives might be a little bit better. Maybe they may be a little more kinder to themselves. Maybe they might... Uh-oh be more empathetic to their experiences, you know? Yeah. I mean, I used to tell my mom that all the time, like, you know, even in the worst, one thing I will say that, you know, we kind of unpacked, um, you know, in session was my mom said, you know, one thing I could say about Devron, cause I have two other sisters. And she said, one thing I say about Devron is she reminds me of my shit, but she has never given up. Like, even when she says, you know what, I'm frustrated, I'm going to step away for a minute. I know if at any point in time I need to call her, she she's there. Like, she she's going to remind me of my stuff. But she has loved me and continues to love me at my worst. And she has never been the one to say, you know, well, you did this and you did that and all this other stuff. And. She said, you know, she just has this compassion for me. And sometimes I feel like I don't deserve it and I don't understand it. Mm. Um, And I told my mom, I said, you know, from a young girl, I just remember, I remember one time my mom had, so my mom used to, she was addicted to crack cocaine and my mom used to go and she would leave me and my sisters in the house, like for long periods of time. And Sometimes we would let people know what was going on in the household and sometimes we wouldn't. Sometimes we would, you know, there would be no food in the house. Sometimes our, you know, utilities would be off. Um, you know, we would be in not great situations. And 
I remember my mom came home one time. She had just been gone for like, I want to say like maybe a week or so. And my mom used to always do this routine. Like this time it was where we were at my grandmother's house um, because she had found out my mom had left again and we hadn't told her. And um, it was a situation where someone had called my grandmother and told her that my mom was like, you know, out. Basically, it would say like she's out there. And so my grandma would come and get us. And I remember my mom would always come back and she would be like so shameful. And my grandma would always um, run her like a nice warm bath and and like basically like bathe her, um, get her together. And then I would know like she was going to sleep it off for a couple of days. And I remember I was so happy that my mom had came home. And it was to the point where I would fake sick to stay home from school to hope yeah. in hopes that it would bring my mom home. Like she would know there was always someone waiting for her. Like yeah. that was my idea. Like if I could continue loving my mom and showing her that I loved her, no matter what she did, it would bring her out of it. Like it would bring her out of her addiction. And obviously yeah. that wasn't true, but right. I really took that on at an early age. So at this point, um, this time I had stayed home. I had pretend like I was sick. I had stayed home and I remember she came home and my grandma had did her like, you know, gave her a bath and stuff. And we were laying in um, the room and my mom was crying and she was telling me she was so sorry. And I remember I had told her, um, I said, you know, it's okay, mommy. Like, I love you. You know, I'm so glad you're back. And, you know, my mom was a very emotional person. Like she would cry at the drop of a dime. But this was like, she was very, very sorry. And she, and one of the things I will say, when my mom would come back from her runs, like she would feel horrible. Like she would have a lot of, you know, just guilt. And she came back and she was just like, you know, I'm so sorry. And I was just like, you know, mom, it's okay. Like, I really love you. You know, I'm so glad you're back. Please don't leave again, you know. And um, she said, I'm trying not to get emotional. But she was like, you know, I'm so sorry. I can't get it right. Right. And I was just like, but you're here. Like, you know, and in our session, in one of our later therapy sessions, she said, I remember that conversation. And she said, you, you constantly would tell me it was like you were constantly this light that constantly shined in the darkest places. And sometimes I wanted to sit in that darkness and I didn't want to come out of it. And I knew that there was this light that was constantly shining and shining. Yeah. And it would tell me like, you got it. You can't sit here. Like you yeah. have to come out of this because you know, you have people waiting for you. And she was like, you know, I'm so sorry that I made you feel like you had to be a light in my darkness 24 yeah. seven, because no one should feel like a child should never feel like they bear that responsibility. Right. Right. And at the time when I was doing it, even, you know, in being in my thirties, I never thought that it was a burden. Like I mm. knew that, you know, it was hard being that light for my mom. Like I do know like it was heavy, but I felt like it was my burden to bear. Like it yeah. was something that if I wasn't that light, my mom would be far, forever lost in darkness. And so I yeah. knew like, it was in me. And I I had convinced myself that 
it wasn't even a burden that it was just who I was, right? That yeah. I was just like this beacon of light and I was created to shine this light for her in her darkest moments. And when she said that, I realized that in so many relationships, I have tried to be a beacon of light for so many people. And it was because I started off with my mom and thinking yeah. like, this is this is who you are. And I have reduced myself to being a light for so many other people that I wasn't fully being a light for myself mm. or even realizing that being a light for so many other people did not leave me with a lot of battery for myself. Yeah. And so when she said that, although I knew that it helped her, I also knew that it came at a cost, right? Mm. And I've been, since she said that, I've been so reflective in making sure that although I'm continuously being there for other people, I also have to make sure that I'm pouring back in myself and knowing that if I'm not recharging my battery, I can't show up and help other people through their darkest moments. Because then when I get to my darkest moments, that flashlight ain't working no more, right? right. It's flickering right. on and off and I need it for myself. And so mm -hmm. it's one of the things that I will say our, our counseling sessions definitely served as a two-part purpose of, yeah. you know, acknowledging what I was for my mom and, and knowing that she needed it and it helped her, yeah. but also knowing that it didn't come at like a no cost to me. Like it definitely came yeah. at a cost to me. And I think it also helped heal me hearing her acknowledge, like, I saw you, like, yeah. I know what you gave and I know it didn't come at no cost and I'm thankful for it. I wish it didn't happen. You know, I wish that things were different, but I'm acknowledging it. And I think like that validation mm. did so much to to see myself fully, but also to see my mom fully, like knowing that again, I I constantly saw my mom as this powerhouse. Like you said, like, yeah. you know, I never saw her as, you know, this person who showed up to things and you know, felt horrible for being there. Like, you yeah. know, cause she was always like a people person. Always. And I, I would tell my mom, like, I see you fully. Like I see you fully and I love you regardless. Mm -hmm. Like I know the complicated person you are. I know what you have been through and I love you good, bad, or indifferent. Like you're my mom. And it wasn't until those recent counseling sessions that she understood what I meant by saying that and understood yeah. like, I'm here. Like, I'm not leaving. Like, you are my mother. We had yeah. these great experiences. We had some not so great experiences. But I value everything that you bring into my life. Like, I'm thankful that God gave me you as my mom. Like, yeah. regardless of what has happened, it has made me to the person I am today. And I have grown to be thankful for that. And I think she needed to hear that because it helped us see each other in such a different light. And like I said, when she passed, although it was heartbreaking and probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to go through of losing my mother, um, when she passed, we were in such a good place of seeing each other fully yeah. that I had no guilt, no shame, no, you know, I wanted her to still be here, but it was like, I could come to peace with knowing that I said everything I needed to say and I showed her exactly what it was to 100% love somebody. Like I had the most selfless love for my mom and I 
And to this day, I will say I probably will never love someone that I like ever like I love my mom because mm-hmm. I loved her fully, a hundred percent, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. And I would hope that I could experience that type of love, you know, and I and I feel like I do, but I also feel like, you know, again, loving someone in the darkest times, um, multiple darkest times is exhausting but it's it's also you know it takes you to different parts of your own self you know yeah you know because what you're describing is that unconditional love and like how much do we say we love people unconditionally but don't actually show it like yeah it is much harder to do and so easy to say you know and so but what I what I think though is like, as I heard you talking, it made me think like being able to have those real moments with your parents can also help you like grow that self-love, that relationship with yourself, but it also can help your parents, mm-hmm. you know, really create that relationship with self. Like, you know when we think about our parents and how they probably never got that message that having a relationship with yourself is important, how powerful can it be for their kid to like introduce them to like such a concept of like, you know, we're going to, we're going to see each other for who we are. And those, those experiences can then fully help you see yourself. Right. And really add to that relationship with yourself. Like how often do our parents, get that opportunity to like see themselves, you know, and that their kid can help them do that. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, when you're a parent, so much of your role is helping so much of your role you think is helping your kid get to from point A to point B. And I think when you really have grown as a person, you realize that like your kid is not too, too small or too young to help you get to where you need to be. I think that there's definitely some, um, um, there's definitely some, I don't want to say humble, but like a lot of parents really do struggle with like, what can my kid teach me? Yes. Yeah. It's like when you can let your kid really teach you something or when you can allow an experience that your, maybe your, your child introduced you to, and you can like really, uh, use that relationship or use that experience to like grow. I think it's so meaningful. It's even more meaningful because, you know, a lot, like I said, a lot of parents don't necessarily have that particular mindset that like my kid, my kid gonna teach me something. Like, what, yeah. what can they teach me? <laughs> like, I'm yeah. the adult. And it's like, yeah, you are. And like, you're never too old to learn something. And no. the messenger of that lesson could be anybody. Exactly, exactly. And kids, this is the one thing I will say, having, you know, my two nephews and my niece, one of the things I I always tell my husband is kids can teach us so much because the lens that they have doesn't have as much filters in it. It doesn't. So our, our filters as adults are, you know, are changed and adjusted from our experiences and kids are coming fresh. They're seeing the world from a different type of lens, from a different type of eyes. And they don't yet, hopefully have not experienced all of what life can be. Mm -hmm. And so they have a very innocence about them. Yeah, And so they can serve as reminders of 
the good parts of the world, the parts of the mm-hmm. world that maybe our experience hasn't honored or hasn't really shown us in a while. And so we have been forgetful of what that rainbow looks like, what the yeah. other side of the storm looks like. And so they can serve as reminders of, you know, look at it this way. I mean, and my nephews and my niece are constantly serving as reminders of that. You know, I remember my nephew. So we've we've had a lot of losses since losing my mother. You know, we lost my mother and then we lost my uncle and then we lost um, my dog who, you know, we all loved. And I used to call him my fur baby. And, you know, I was really scared and worried about these kids and how all of these losses were going to impact them. Because although I had a lot of experiences growing up, one of the things I was blessed with was I never really fully lost someone. I never yeah. really like, you know, I lost my grandmother, you know, a couple years ago, but I was older. I wasn't a kid. And these kids have lost significant caregivers. Um, and so I was so fearful of what that would mean to them and what that would do to them. And so I, I had put them into counseling like right away. Like, you know, I'm pro counseling. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that my nephew Brian had brought up was, I said, you know, I know that you guys have suffered a lot of losses and I know that this is hard. And he said, you know, I'm sad about losing these people, but it it also reminds me that, you know, that's a part of life. Like, you know, you love people and and not one day someone is going to die. At first, I thought it was such a like a morbid thing. But he also said, like, that's why you need to like take care of people while they're here. That's why you need to, you know, be present and, you know, you just don't know how long they're going to be here. And then I was thinking like, that also is such a beautiful way of thinking, right? And I will say like, that definitely served as a reminder. And one of the things that I'm constantly being reflective of now is having lost my grandmother and then losing my mom and then losing my uncle and losing Dash, who was my dog. Um, it constantly serves a reminder for me to be present, to give people their flowers while they're here, to, you know, if a family member is having something, odds are I'm dropping it to, to go, you know, I always, um, oh, I'm like, oh, how she got the energy, but I, I can so understand, (laughs) right? Because, you know, I've gotten to the same place where it's like, if ever I get an opportunity to do something with somebody who I love, I'm gonna figure it out because, Right. Because those are the things that are as I get older, and I ain't no old head now like that. But, <laughs> you know, as a chick get older, like that's what makes so that's that's what's so meaningful, right? Is yes. those laughs and those experiences, even if it's something super little, yeah. you know, it's like being around good people and good energy, like that's what feeds me at this point, not yeah. the other stuff. Your time, your time. I'm telling you, like, it is something that I'm so mindful of now, like, even more so than before. It's just like, you know, because, like I said, I I constantly bring this up is, you know, the day, the night before my mom passed, we had called her. And I, I remember the song that was playing in the car. I remember the whole entire conversation. You know, we had just taken the kids to uh, this Italian restaurant. It was like kind of like upscale. And they had said some funny stuff. And like we had this whole discussion with her. She was laughing. And 
And I constantly replay that of when we ended that call, like we were laughing, we were joking around. And, you know, I had told my mom, okay, I'll call you in the morning. And when we ended that call, my mom never would have thought that was the last time she was going to talk to her grandchildren. That was the last time she would talk to me. You know, that we were not thinking that. Um, And life is just so short. And the same thing with my uncle. Like I had just spoken with him. We were talking about my niece. She was going to homecoming and he actually had played for her nails to get done. He was like, I, you know, send me pictures. And he was so excited. And, and we were talking about um, his granddaughter's birthday party. We were talking about that. And and then the next day, you know, I get a call from my cousin telling me, you know, what had happened to my uncle. And I was not prepared for that. Like, I I just wasn't prepared for that. And I think, you know, when you get these sudden losses, like it's one thing, you know, a loss is a loss, but when it is sudden and it's so unexpected and you have back to back, um, you start to realize just how precious time is and how, you know, it's so important to be present and show up for your loved ones because you never know when that's going to be the last time you get to experience that. And it's such a gift to, and I tell my husband that because, you know, both his parents are still living. And I'm like, you know, if there's something going on, look, we need to go. Like, because you just never know. And I, I tell people this now, and I'm not saying like you need to make, you know, heal relationships that are not serving you at all. I'm not a speaker to that. But if you do have relationships that are serving you, keep pouring into them because life comes at you fast and sudden. And once someone is gone, like there are times where I literally had to take my mom off of my favorites because there are times where something will happen and I will go to call my mom. Like mm. it it literally will just be a reaction. And my mom can't pick up the phone. Like yeah. that, that does not happen. And it's just because I'm so used to that was our our thing. Um, and so if you have someone where you could call them and y'all do the key key and all that, keep yeah. pouring into that relationship because it's so important. You just never know when you no longer will be able to pick up that phone. Yeah. It's such a, I think your nephew's explanation, it is such a beautiful thing, right? Because Again, talk about kids teaching you something, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they've not, you know, had as many life experiences, right? But they recognize that, like, people deserve to be celebrated when they're here. And so, I, you know, they probably feel like we did that. You know, they knew we loved them. They knew how much we cared about them. You know, it's just, it's just a reminder that, like, the work and all the things that we think are important are just not that important. And I would tell you, my husband taught me that because, um there was a time in my life where like work and like was like important, not to say that my family Mm -hmm. wasn't, but like, you know, sometimes I struggled with like recognizing that like these jobs going to be here when you die. (laughs) So you need to not be pouring so much into these damn jobs because they gonna replace you, okay? They Man. gonna say how great you was. They gonna say, "Oh, Dominique, she was a great whatever." <laughs> and they gonna have somebody else. And post name. your job, right? <laughs> gonna post your job, and they gonna have somebody else's damn name on your on your office door. Yeah. So you need to live your life, and like yeah. my husband has always 
been like that. He was, we were just talking about it yesterday. He was like, man, these jobs is just jobs. Like, <laughs> like these jobs, they, they are not like, they are just an avenue yeah. for you to be able to live the real life you want to live. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we, I mean, we can laugh about it now, but there was a time when like, I didn't necessarily feel that way, you know? And how much relief has it been for me to just be like, man, for real for real because at the end of the day like i can get another job you know exactly it may be hard it may be a little bit challenging but like there's no job in this world worth like me not being able to experience the people that i love the the things that i want to do like the experiences i want to have like it's no job you know worth me not having that you know but that wasn't always my mentality Mm -hmm. um and so you know, I think it, you know, it's just a, a testament to like, don't be, don't be closed off to who can teach you something. Cause you just exactly. never know how that lesson is going to show up in your life and how it could change your life. You exactly. Know? And how you, again, it goes back to that relationship with yourself, right? Mm-hmm. That was a reminder of how you view yourself, right? How you view yourself is how you view the world. And again, mm-hmm. my nephew, his view for himself is like, Look, I show people I love them. I spend, I'm present with them. I know that they could be gone tomorrow as I could. And I choose to be present. Like that's, yeah. that's what how I view myself in. And, yeah. you know, it definitely served as a reminder, like, you know what? Like, look, time is not promised to no one. No one. Um, and to do right by myself, I need to, you know, show up for those that I love because I know how, you know, how much relief I had, again, when my mom passed of knowing that I had showed her that unconditional love. Um, and, you know, I, I'm my goal is to show that to the people that I love. Uh, presently. So, you know, God forbid something happens to them. God forbid something happens to me. There's no doubt in anybody that I love's mind of how I felt about them, you know, how I viewed them. And, you know, the same thing I would hope that could be said about me. You know, I am a complex person. I I Mm -hmm. definitely am. Um, Sometimes, you know, I'm not very like, social I, I I have social anxiety um I am an introvert like the other day we went to um Allentown for um my grandmother's sister had passed away unexpectedly and um I went and you know paid my respect and and was able to be around my family and it was it was such a, a lovely time um but you know, even being around my Spanish family, I was still like kind of like in my shell. My aunt was like, mm-hmm. come on, I'll take you around and introduce you. And I'll say like, this is Devron. She's an introvert. Right? <laughs> and I was laughing, but I was like, it's so true. Like, I'm just not that social. Right. And if people who know me, like, what do you mean? Like, you're always like loud yeah, and like that. bubbly. And I'm like, no, like if you put me in a setting, like sometimes people will think like I'm standoffish or I'm mean. Um, cause I do kind of have a resting bitch face, <laughs> but, um, it's, it's none of that. Like I'm not, it's just, I'm, I'm anxious. Like I don't feel comfortable, um, uh, being in different situations. Like, especially if I'm not really close to them, like mm-hmm. I just, it's yeah. just not me. Um, but again, like I acknowledge that about myself 
And I do explain it to people that I am close with. I'll just say like, you know, sorry if it's seen this way, but like, I'm not really like that. I'm just Mm -hmm. not comfortable or whatever. Yeah. But you know, that can come off again. That can come off different to some people. Some people do think, you know, I'm a standoff person and it's not the truth, Mm -hmm. but uh, you know, it's just one of those things that, again, being self-reflective, knowing that that can be presented to some people and knowing like if I care enough, I'll acknowledge it. Yeah, <laughs> if right. I don't like if I don't know you and I feel like, you know, you are kind of off putting, you don't have a conversation with me. I might just let it be like whatever you could think that yeah. it doesn't mm-hmm. really do anything to me. I don't feel like I need to explain myself. Um, but again. It's something that I am reflective of. I am like, I do acknowledge it to myself. I might not acknowledge it to you, right, but I do right. know, you know, it's something that I, I'm continuously working on. Right, right. So what are, you know, we always talk about these situations, but I think it's always important for us to talk about, like, what are the barriers? What gets in the way of us having that relationship with ourselves? And we may have touched on some of it, but... Um, you know, when you think about what might get in the way of you having a healthy relationship with yourself, what do you think? What comes up for you? I think it's fair. I think it's fair. Um, that idea of control. Um, and then I also feel like sometimes it's just lack of self-awareness, right? I think it's mm-hmm. lack of that reflection of, you know, again, if you have gotten so used to wearing so many masks, Maybe you have forgotten what your real face looks like, right? And mm, so you, that's a bar. yeah, like you, you literally think like this is normal, right? Like, what do you mean there's something underneath here? Like, no, this is my mask, and mm-hmm. or this is my real face, and you're like, girl, that is a mask, and that's like mask. I know the right. real you, like, right? And then it's like you know you take off this layer, it's another layer, and it's like mm-hmm. wait a minute, like so I think like it could be where. You've gotten so used to wearing so many different masks that you yourself have psyched yourself into thinking that this is your true self. Um, And I also think like having those periods of reflection is hard. Like it's hard to acknowledge that sometimes I may be the problem, right? Yes, yes, yes. I am the problem because then it, by acknowledging it, it also bears responsibility of now that you acknowledge this now what what are we yes. going to do about it right because i could yeah. psych myself out and be like you know what and i ain't in control of them so like but then it's like if you stop and think like but wait a minute maybe you are contributing to this in some manner now that i acknowledged it and i'm and it's not just them and i actually do have some control now that accountability is coming. That accountability now, is... You know, woo. sometimes you don't want to sit with accountability. Sometimes accountability, you want it to be as far away from you as possible. <laughs> right. And it's itching close you like, uh-uh, you get like, you right. get a little too close. So I think right. like that's also a part of it is like, when you acknowledge it, you do reflect, accountability presents itself and you're not fully ready to acknowledge his presence and sit with it and unpack it. You just want it to be like, it ain't me. That ain't me. I'm not Mm -hmm. at fault. Like it's everyone else's problem. And it's so funny because when you notice it about someone else, like you could be reflective of someone else, like, Mm -hmm. you know, 
someone could be talking to you like, wait a minute, you had this situation, this situation, this situation, and you don't see none of where you played a role in it. Right. So you can like be reflective on that. But when it's back to you, you're like, Mm-mm, that ain't me. No, nope, not me. Not that me. ain't a problem. Right. Right. I, I think like that's a big part of it. It's just like the accountability, the acknowledgement, and then the now what? Now that I acknowledge mm-hmm. it, do I really want to do the work? Because the work mm-hmm. is not easy, right? It's not, yeah. it, it could be hard. It can be gut-wrenching at times, very uncomfortable. Like you said, that sitting with uncomfortability, it, it's not always fun. Like That ain't, ain't no hoe, man. That ain't no hoe. I'm you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> that right now. Like, don't nobody want to do that? Like, no, like, like, like so because you talk about healing like it's such a like glorious and linear. Well. People and act linear. like healing is linear, like linear. you acknowledge yeah. it and then you just heal. No, no, mm-hmm. no, girl. Sometimes I'd be looking like hair all tangled, clothes <laughs> all battered, like dirty, girl. I'm over there out of breath, like. Look like I done got shot and stabbed right. a couple of times. For like, real. For real. You know, and I think like that's it. Like it is scary. Like mm-hmm. the unknown is scary. Like again, if you are so used to wearing so many masks, you may not even remember what you truly look like. And that could be fearful, right? Yeah, like for sure. For I sure. know this mask. Like I know who this mask is. It serves me. It's okay. Like, I'm comfortable with it. Trying to remove it and see what's underneath. Mm-mm. That's scary. Somebody like, do that. like, that's being like in a room with Jeepers Creepers. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go right. there. Like, no. <laughs> no, I think you make some good points. You make some good points. I think the barriers... I think one thing that you said that I was like, oh, yeah, it's like... um having to decide like what to do now. Like once I've decided, once I've figured out that maybe I am part of the problem, that mm-hmm. I am, you know, a, a villain in that um, equation, you know, that I'm not always the victim. I could be mm-hmm. both. Right. Girl. Um, like, what do I do with that? You know? And I, I think, I think, I think the challenge too is like when we have to acknowledge our shortcomings we struggle to see that as a part of our humanity. Like nobody's perfect. No one's showing up perfect. However, saying I'm not perfect, no one's perfect is not a good excuse, right? No. It's not mm-hmm. like, because that's something that you'll hear people say, like, well, I ain't perfect. Exactly. And, like, and you uh, ain't perfect duh. either. <laughs> well, it's like, duh, nobody's perfect. Nobody's asking for perfection. I'm asking for you to acknowledge where you're falling short and what's your decision to do something about it. You know, and you can decide not to do shit. You know what I mean? You don't want to do nothing. But then you have to also recognize that that's going to play a role in the kind of relationships that you have. If you are somebody who can't acknowledge, like, I'm sorry that this is something that I said that upset you, right? Not period. No, but this is what else is going on. You know, there may be time for that. But in the moment where somebody felt like something that you said or did impacted them. I think people get so stuck there because no one wants to see, no one wants to acknowledge that they have done something or like, sometimes we think that we're above being a certain way. And it's like, none of us are above anything. You know what I mean? We're always someone, we're always playing the villain in someone else's story. We all have 
we're the villain or we are the victim. But yeah. guess what? It comes full circle. Absolutely. Nobody is perfect. Absolutely. Nobody is perfect. I think that and accountability is important. Absolutely. And it's and I don't want to say that it's okay to be a villain in somebody else's story accurately, but like sometimes you are the villain in somebody else's story. Like it's not made up. It's it's sometimes you said something or did something that truly impacted. And, and the thing I think people struggle with when it comes to like the barriers is like intention versus impact, right? Like Girl. my intention wasn't to do that. So I don't need to apologize. Exactly. And it's like, huh? like, that wasn't what I intended. So right. I'm, I'm off the hook and it's like, right. wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Right. You right. cannot intend something, but and doesn't mean, girl, exactly. So I, and, I think that's, that's important. I think mm-hmm. what you just said is like so important because people think that by saying I didn't intend for something to happen, it takes the accountability and off of you, right? Yeah. That yep. you are completely blameless in that and how that landed on someone else. And mm-hmm. The, the best thing you could do for yourself, grow, is to acknowledge that our actions, they they impact people, right? Yeah. And, they, and people are going to react because of that. And mm-hmm. if we are not having full accountability, and again, you may have no intention of it being received in this manner, right? But it did. So now what? Like now, now what? that I have made you aware and you, and this is the other thing. Sometimes our our intentions are not what happens, but it did. But now that I let you know that this is how it impacted me, if you want to have a relationship with me, because yeah. sometimes our actions do have an impact and we may not care. Like, let's be yeah. honest. We may yeah. not care. Mm-hmm. But if you want to have an actual re- like relationship with this person, you care about this person. You do have to stop and and think and give thought to that and and acknowledge and have accountability or else you can't continue to have a thriving relationship. Like absolutely. No one wants to have a one-sided relationship with anybody. Mm-hmm. Shoot, I don't yep. want one a one-sided relationship with myself. Right. Like right. So you have to like you have to understand that it's a give and take. And mm-hmm. sometimes we may be thinking we're giving, but from that other person's point of view, we may be taken mm-hmm. and not giving nothing back. And like, we have to acknowledge that. Like, that's a part of having a relationship is that dialogue of what I did impacted you this way. And I can acknowledge that and figure out how we can move forward. Right. Without thinking like by me acknowledging that you're asking me to go back and change the past because I have no exactly. ability Exactly. That's the thing. It's like, it's not about changing the past. It's about listening to what somebody is saying. Validation. And, and validating, right? Like, invalidation doesn't necessarily mean you have to agree. Like, the, that's the thing. It's like me saying that, you know, you did something to me. It doesn't even mean that my interpretation of that is accurate or that it's something that you have to take on as, like, law. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or the gospel. But it does mean that like in this moment, in this interaction, this is what your actions did. This is how it impacted me. And like, I think, again, the barrier is, you know, when when that happens and, and in terms of like holding ourselves accountable is like, you know, if we disagree with the um, observation, 
that's another reason why we may feel like mm, I don't need to. I don't need to do nothing. I don't need to. I don't need to do nothing. Like I don't it's a you that. problem. It's a you right. problem. Right. Trying to you know again find all of these reasons why what somebody said about you or how somebody experienced you. You know, trying to find ways to deflect or trying to find reasons to say like what you said didn't happen again. Our relations with other people are one thing. But those those relations with other people can definitely help us, you know, uh, improve our relationship with ourselves. Right. Exactly. You know, and again, it's not about being perfect. It's really about recognizing that your intention may not have been one way, but sometimes the impact is another. And like, again, like you said, if you if you truly value that relationship, you know, it's about like meeting somewhere in the middle, you know, and saying I may do it again because, you know. Like if you're, if you, if no one has ever said this to you, you know, it might be hard for you to like take that on, or it might be hard for you to really change that, you know? And so I think the other piece of this too, is like when, you know, when it comes to your relationship with yourself, it's like these areas that you struggle in, these areas that are, that don't necessarily, you know, paint you in the best light. Um, it, they they're not going to go away overnight and that's the that's the other piece of this is like how do you love yourself through that part of you that is like showing up and is is harming people you know and harming yourself right i mean it's, it's, it's about loving yourself through that and just saying like you know here i go again doing this thing but also the the understanding piece to me is like you have more stock and all of those behaviors, all of those maladaptive behaviors, those behaviors that are unproductive, but they did serve a purpose, right? And like now they may not serve a purpose, but you still got 20 plus, 30 plus years of doing this thing all the time, right? Mm-hmm. So I think the other part of it too is like just be kind to yourself. Like you're you if you're if you are truly trying to figure it out and truly trying to fix it and truly open to like receiving that like, this is something that you do often and it is off-putting to other people. It's not about like you changing who you are, but like, does this benefit you? And does it benefit your other relationships? And if it doesn't, then like, why are you holding on to it? Exactly. Is it it serving you? Like, I think that's so important. Like, you know, you could be a work in progress. And like I said, we both are still a work in progress. There are mm-hmm. parts of ourselves that we're continuing to explore, um, acknowledging from our interactions of feedback from ourselves and other people and, and making adjustments as needed. And again, those adjustments take time, right? Like anytime you're trying to uh, change or I always tell people I'm continuously under construction, right? Mm. I'm constantly learning, I'm having new experiences that are bringing different things to life. And again, I can't act like all of these prior experiences have not molded me into the person I am today. And some of those things are great. Some of them are not so great. Um, And it may be where I'm not even aware of them until someone else that I'm interacting with brings them to my attention. But it's, again, taking stock of... Do I value this interaction? Do I, you know, value and want this relationship? And if so, they're telling me what their their boundaries are. They're telling me what the impact is for my actions. How I choose to move forward says a lot about myself, but also says Mm. about how I choose to move forward in that relationship. And so I think like that's so important, right? Like I think that, 
again, you it may take you sometimes like maybe, you know, again, if, you, if this has been serving you for so long, it can be literally second nature. Like you just go to it and it's just automatic. And it may take a couple of times for you to realize like, wait a minute, like here I go again. Like, OK, maybe I have to stop mid doing it. And I'm like, wait, mm-hmm. I remember like this is not the way I want it to be. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's checking in with myself. Sometimes it's checking in with my other people, you know, mm-hmm. and just kind of like checking in. And I think like that's so important. But also knowing that you're human, you're not going to get it right all the time. Um, give yourself grace. But in giving yourself grace, it also gives you space to give others grace. Absolutely. Yep. And I think like that's so important because the other thing is, is how I view myself. If I'm not willing to give myself grace, odds are I might struggle a little bit with giving other people grace. Yep. Because I might feel like, well, you know, I hold myself to this expectation mm-hmm. and it's a solid line. Yep. If you're not meeting that expectation, we don't have nothing else to talk about. And I will mm-hmm. say, I definitely have struggled with that. I have definitely struggled with setting an expectation, a solid expectation for myself and feeling like, you know what, if I wouldn't allow myself to be playing around with this, I'm not going to let somebody else play around with it, right? Mm-hmm. And I And I had to learn that it's not even the expectation. If I set healthy boundaries for myself and I know that by accepting certain behaviors from other people, it impacts me in some type of way, that is fine. Like I'm fine with having that concrete boundary. But then there's these falsity expectations where I am expecting someone to act in a certain way. Like I said, husband, you know, acting him to meet a certain expectation that I haven't clearly stated, that I don't even clearly, I haven't even really clearly defined. It's like this, you know, this thought that I had at one point in time, I haven't even really explored it more, but it was just like a cute thought. And now I'm holding him to it. I never even told him what it was. I don't even know what it is, but then I'm mad at him because he's not meeting it. That's not realistic. Especially if I want to have a relationship with him. Like, so I think like that's the other part is like, you can establish healthy boundaries. That's fine. Like, especially if you know that their behavior is impacting you in some type of manner, but also know that the shoe goes on the other person's foot as well. Yeah. Like, and they could have healthy boundaries that they have to put in place for you because your actions are impacting them in some type of manner that's Mm -hmm. not serving them. In the way that it should. And you need to be reflective. Again, taking stock in that relationship is, is this a relationship that I actually care about, is mm-hmm. meaningful to me, where I actually want to kind of do some self-reflection and then make adjustments to meet the expectation that is there? Yeah. Because there are some relationships that you might, people might tell you something and you're like, I don't care. I don't right. care how, how my actions landed. I don't care how my words landed. I don't care. Like, I don't care. You know, and that's just going to be moments of your life where you just don't care. But if it's someone that you do care about, that you actually, you know, think about it and it's like, dang, like, yeah, I could have showed up a little bit better. I could have did that a little bit better. Then take stock in that. Take accountability. Do some self-reflection. Acknowledge that, you know what, Dom? My bad. Like, I I'm I'm sorry that that hit you in that way. It wasn't my mm-hmm. intention, but you know what? I know that that didn't feel good. And 
And know? I hate that I'm the one who made you feel that way. Like, Girl, I right? mean, people don't get that just acknowledging that because I think even saying that doesn't even mean that you agree that that's what you did. It means that like you recognize that something that you said created this level of impact to somebody that you, I would think you would care about, right? It but shows that people, I value you. I value that's what you, it is. I value you. you. But you know what? I think, and we'll talk about this when we talk about friendship relationships, but I think, or just, you know, other relationships. But I think when people, when you recognize people can't do that and you recognize that like, damn, maybe they don't for me the way I thought they did. Like that is, we don't talk enough about like ending like friendship relationships or when those yeah. friendships, relationships end. And, you know, it's because it was not a one-sided relationship, possibly, but like you recognize just wholeheartedly, they just did not handle you the way you handled them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I and think that's, 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 that's important. That's gonna be a blow. Yeah, the girl. But I also think that that's a part of that relationship with yourself because you can even begin to have that reflection with someone else if you didn't start to have that reflection with yourself. Because mm-hmm. there's no way I can have that thought of this relationship is not serving me the way that I thought it would. And then I have put these boundaries in place and I've made you aware that it's not serving me. It's not serving us really. Right. Because it's a, it's a two sided street. Mm -hmm. And so I'm making you aware of that. Then we can figure out where we go from here, but I can't even begin to unpack that with you if I haven't unpacked it myself, because Mm -hmm. how am I even going to acknowledge that it's not serving us a problem if I haven't had that reflection with myself, like, mm-hmm. what is this? What is this hitting at? Right? Like, where is yeah. this hitting me? What is it not doing for me? Right? Mm-hmm. Where is this falsity coming from? Because obviously, at some point in time, I have set this unrealistic expectation of what this relationship really is mm-hmm. in my mind that has created this illusion of this relationship. When really and truthfully, if I'm reflective. I realize that it's not matching up to that expectation that I have created in my head. Right. So I think like this is this is why I'm so excited about this series because I yeah. think that, you know, we start off with self, but then we, you know, we're not alone in the world. We have so many other connections and we bring ourselves to every interaction we have with someone else. Yeah. And if we're not checking ourselves first, we're not checking in with ourselves, doing the work you're not going to be fully operating as a full or even partially full person. Mm -hmm. And that is going to allow you to, again, continue to wear the mask. And they may seem like they're serving you. And sometimes your masks do serve you. Like I said, there are, you know, experiences, trauma and all these other things where it's serving you at that time. But then when you come out of it, if you're still wearing that armor, you're still wearing that mask, you're not really able to fully experience that current situation and you're still looking at everything being unsafe mm-hmm. and you don't even realize that you are amongst a safe place right now. Right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Or you are in battle and you are exhausted because you've been in that fight or flight for so long mm-hmm. that you can't even have enough strength to get you through that current battle, that current storm. Right. So I'm really excited about this series. Like I said, I yeah. think it's 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 gonna be deep i think it's gonna be hard Mm -hmm. Um, but i i think that it's it's gonna be helpful and i again i hope that people are able to listen to this and 
and really check in and have those check-ins with themselves and have those check-ins with your loved ones, your peers, Mm -hmm. you know, again, we are a world full of relationships and it's so important to, to think about how you show up for yourself, but how you show up to others as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So leaning into that, I am going to ask Dom. So when you think about how you want to move forward in these next two weeks, what are ways, one way that you are choosing to soar? Hmm. I would say I am, I want to soar by, I'm a, I would say during the pandemic, I really kind of jumped back into like reading mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, after like some of the, I've always been super connected and super invested in like social issues. Like that's always been when I go back and look at like Facebook posts from like 10 years ago, I'm like, I was always talking about this type of stuff. Um, but I, I would say during the pandemic, I've got really, um, uh, I was very invested or I guess try to reinvest in like reading a lot. And so I, being so busy now with doing all these things and trying to wear all these hats, I really have struggled with like, you know, reading and just like, you know, trying to stay active in that. And so I'm close to finishing this uh, book that I I started like a couple months ago. But like when I started this journey, I was like, I really don't have the time. And I recognize that reading is such a huge part of self-care for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I definitely want to get back into that. So um, I'm finishing this book, but there's a few books that I really want to read. So there's this one book that came out about a week or two ago called Sisterhood Heals, and it's by Dr. Joy Harden Bradford. Mm-hmm. And she is um, a Black psychologist. She uh, lives in Atlanta. She's from Louisiana originally, but I think she lives in Atlanta now. And she started Therapy for Black Girls, which is a huge podcast. Mm-hmm. But speaking about friendship, she wrote this book called Sisterhood Heals about how to heal in community with, with Black women. And she's done a few, uh, she's been on like a press tour and I've watched a few or listened to a few interviews that she's done. And I really, really, really want to read this book. So I think, uh, you know, what I want to do at least in the next two weeks is at least purchase the book and try to figure out a way to, you know, even if I read a couple pages a night, just trying to get back into the habit and routine mm-hmm. of reading. I'm a huge like um, nonfiction reader. I like nonfiction, um, but I do. I did dabble a little bit like in the last couple of years into fiction. And so I try to give myself a little bit of both, but I've been leaning more towards fiction lately and I kind of want to get back into nonfiction. So I really want to read this book. Um, and there's another book. Oh, the, the name of the book is um, Escaping Me Right Now, but I think it's called All the Black Girls Are Activists. And it's by uh ebony janice and i just kind of got a wind of her maybe a few months ago like i don't know i was following somebody and like she came up on my explore page and she's been talking about this book that she wrote it just came out in july sometime this you know this this a couple weeks ago and it's another book that i want to read because it's like a feminist book but it's more along the lines of like womanism um, and so that's another book that I think I want to read too. So I just want to, you know, dive back into reading. And then I used to like try to read articles during the week and just, you know, around things that I truly am interested in, you know, socially. And I just mm-hmm. have not been able to find the time to do that. So like my goal for the next two weeks is to really find the time to like, even if it's one article a day, 
You know, even if it's, you know, I like to watch, you know, certain videos on YouTube too that are like kind of educational. So even if it's like once a week, just trying to dive into something like that so that I feel like I'm feeding that part of myself, um, then I will feel much better. So that is really how I want to soar this week is really trying to get back into like the reading aspect of like something that I really find at self-care. I like that. And I definitely will check in with you to see if you purchased that book, because I think like, you know, although you have this goal, like that's an action plan, right? Like, you know, at least if I order the book, like Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm taking a step towards that action. So I I think that will be good. And I like that you're not committing like this full, you know, oh, I want to read like a chapter. It was like, you know what, if I read a couple pages, like I will be working towards my goal. So I feel like that Mm -hmm. that's good. And it doesn't, kind of put you on, you know, the block of, okay, look, I have to do this. Like it's, it's a little bit fluid. And I, I think that that's good, but yeah. I do know you love a good book. So I'm I did, as you can see, I got a lot of them back here that I have not read. Well, I'm about to buy a couple more and I got added in a bookshelf. It's okay. At least you have it there. So even though you haven't read them yet, you have them in your possession and you can get to them. So I can get to them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I'm definitely glad. <laughs> Deborah, what about you? What do you want to do? How are you soaring in the next two weeks? So I think in the next two weeks, the way I'm going to soar is I am going to actively start looking for um, supervision again to invest in that, set that up. And I think I'm just going to continue to explore. You know, I, I love me a good cert. So I, I just uh, <laughs> <You> do. <laughs> I just got me my uh, one certification. I'm kind of doing some research on some other certifications right now. Um, and I also have been entertaining the idea of possibly going back to school. Um, have you? Yeah, Ooh, I have. I have. Okay. Um, I am considering going back to school, seeing if it's a good, you know, one of the things I do like is that if I could be in school all my life and it was free, girl, I would do it in a heartbeat because I I think education is important, but education is expensive. (laughs) So I am thinking about possibly going into like a doctorate program. Um, Okay. So I'm just kind of like right now, I'm just kind of like exploring, doing some research, seeing what, you know, uh, grants and things like that are out there. But I would like to to go back and get my doctorate. Um, mm, it's definitely okay. something I spoke to my grandma about in length and, um, you know, something I'm entertaining. Again, I don't know if it will happen like right now because I have a lot of things going on. But it is something that, you know, I'm I'm definitely um, interested in. And then the other thing is that my nephew, Brian, he actually just got a letter from his school that he was tested for um, for gifted. And they found that he is gifted um, in um, language arts. And so he will be in honor classes for um, language arts going into seventh grade. So I'm really excited about that. And one of the things that my stepmom has done is she's constantly purchasing books for them. Um, And so it's gotten to the point where we had a, a smaller bookshelf in their room and it's, it's packed. Like (laughs) can't fit anything in there. And so I was talking to her and I was like, you know, I would really like to create like a library 
in the house. And so she was so supportive of that because my stepmom, she has her master's in English. And so she was like, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and her husband before my father, he actually was a literature professor. So uh, okay. she was like, that's the best thing you could ever do. And, mm-hmm. and so I am starting to like, look for, you know, bookshelves that are a good size. And then just also like trying to look at different libraries and things like that and how to bring just more books into, because they, one thing I w- I love about my nephews and my nieces, they will sit down with a book and read it. Yeah, um, they do enjoy reading a book, and and sometimes I will see them rereading a book, and so I definitely want to invest in them because I think that you know reading is very important. I think that it opens your mind up to different experiences and just different mm-hmm. viewpoints. So that is another way that I'm continuing to soar is to continue to investigate myself and just growing professionally, but also how I can continue to build back into the kiddos and and help them continue to mold um, where they see themselves going. So, yeah, no, the book thing is really good because I will say as a kid, I was not a reader at Girl, all. Like, <laughs> I was not a reader at all. And I was watching The Breakfast Club. And just quickly, that we were there were like some kind of segment they were talking about like uh kids being able to read or there was like some I forget like what they were talking about, but Charlemagne was like, you know, he was struggling to understand that like his experience was like, I always had a book when I was a kid, but his mom was an English teacher. And it's like, you probably did because your mom was an English teacher. Like there are just some kids who don't have access. Like literally the, like my son has so many books, you know, y'all got him books for Christmas. We always try to get up, but my sister buys him books. Like he has books, but like, he's a fortunate kid. Most kids, a lot of kids don't have access to that. So I love to hear that they like to read and like, it's something that I wish I enjoyed when I was a kid, but I just didn't. So Girl, um, me either. it's me so great either. that you're helping them like cultivate that skill now because it'll definitely be useful for them in the future. So yeah, yeah. It it definitely has served. Like I said, I me too. I was not a reader at all. Like, no. But that's something like I have seen their reading improve since they've been with us. And yeah. And to the point where they, you know, if we're going somewhere, they'll be like, oh, let me grab a book. And I'm like, you grabbing a book for the car. I like, wish. Yeah. Oh, I wish I was like that when I was a kid. Like, Yeah, like, you know, <sighs> even Carmen, like, for her birthday, she asked, and for Christmas, she literally asked for books. Um, mm-hmm. So I was just like, that's amazing, because I was it not is. that I was not that kid. I was not mm-hmm. that student. Um, so, yeah, just investing in them, I think, is, is, is definitely good. And so I will continue. And investing in yourself. So I'm glad that you're going to continue to do that. I want to hear more about this PhD program. Girl, crazy, <laughs> crazy, crazy. I'm, I'm looking into, I'm trying to look into some grants first. Cause oh, I know, right? Some of these programs are a little pricey, but. I know, I know. <laughs> no. But you know, it's good that you're, again, that's one thing I love about you is like, while the, the goal might feel so unattainable, you're like, well, I, I mean, what can I find out that I can support? Like, I don't want to just decide that I can't do it because there's so many possible barriers. Like, okay, how can I break these barriers down? Like, everybody just doesn't. I can tell you right now, I'll probably be like, man, I'm, I'm just going to have to let that run. I don't know. Do I got the time? Do I got the energy? But like, I love that you're like, 
I mean, I have the time or the energy, but like, if this is something I'm really passionate about, how do I see what walls I could break down? Because like, you yeah. know, I mean, I got a nail, I got a hammer, I got a, you know, I got all these things. Like, I'm going to use yeah. those to my advantage. So I love that. I be building these doors. I don't yeah, know where they're going, <laughs> but I be building them. You call all me right. Dab the Builder. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I be over there like, let's get it going. Right, I don't know right. Where it's taking me, that. but yeah. So I'm excited, but yeah, yeah. I think again, I think that this was a really good episode. I definitely think we touched on a couple yeah. of things. You know, there definitely was some tears. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for, you know, the next couple of series. Like I said, you know, we unpacked yeah. about our relationship with ourselves. We kind of dived a little bit into our relationship with our parents and our we caregivers. Did. We did. I definitely want to go a little bit deeper into that yes. Um, during our next episode. But like I said, this will be a series where we will unpack, you know, our relationship with our, our peers, our friendships, which is so important, mm-hmm. you know, our peers with our, our relationship with our siblings. Mm-hmm. Dom is a twin. So this is going to be like, this is going to be a good one. And I'm the middle child. So we are, look, oh, that's going yeah. to be a series. And then, you know, our relationship with our, our husbands and then mm-hmm. our, our kiddos. Our children. Uh, yeah. yeah. Girl. So it's I'm ready. Be a good one. I think it's going to be good, and we will see how it goes. Well, I'm going to get ready, because I don't know if I'm exactly ready yet, but I'm going to get ready. We will definitely see how it goes. And like I said, thank you for tuning in. This will be a series. This episode actually will probably be a two-part episode, because we touched on a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, just continue to tune in again. If you guys have any questions, comments, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Um, let us know how your relationship with yourself is. If it's something that you feel like you want to work on. If you, like I said, I'm constantly under construction mm-hmm. with myself. I'm exploring new parts of myself. Dom is also doing Same. her own internal work. Um, so the work doesn't stop. It never it stops. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. So make sure like, like, subscribe if you're you like what you heard today touch uh reach out to us on social media um our personal page or our, our business pages the podcast page we definitely would love to continue to communicate this is um i don't want to say a heavy topic but it is it is a topic that is worth continuing to talk about um so we're definitely interested in um connecting with you all outside of this episode so please please reach out to us we would love to continue the conversation for sure and we do not bite i know i say i got rest of bitch face but i'm very 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 nice you know very very approachable i may not look that way but i am um so definitely reach out let us know you know how you're feeling we want to kind of do some self-checking and again like dom said this wasn't that heavy of an episode we did talk a little bit about grief and and that can be bring up some things so like if you feel like this episode has brought up some different emotions for you please make sure you're checking in with yourself checking in with your supports um if you guys want to kind of process a little bit more reach out to us we Mm -hmm. you know if we can't help you we can definitely help get you connected to someone um so we just want to be a resource so Thank you again for tuning in and we will see you guys next time. All right. 
Thank you for tuning in and allowing us to be vulnerable together as we soar. If you enjoyed this episode and are interested in hearing more from us, make sure you hit that follow button so you are alerted when a new episode drops and leave a rating and a review below. Our podcast can be found on all major podcast platforms as well as YouTube. We'd love to hear your comments and how you're choosing to soar these next couple of weeks. Interact with us on Instagram at But What If I Soar as well as on our business pages at Free To Be Counseling Services and at Social MacGyver. Let's continue ascending or gliding even amongst the turbulence. Thank you.